Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, a cattleman from Saskatchewan has been elected president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. We hear a list of goals from Reg Schellenberg of Beachy. Les Henry discusses the spring soil moisture map. Real Agriculture talks about avian flu. And later in the broadcast, we hear from the Saskatchewan Chicken Farmers Association about the issue. A new company called Meat Meat Go is set up to supply local meat to consumers in Regina, Saskatoon and surrounding areas. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. A cattleman from Beachy in western Saskatchewan has been elected by acclamation as the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Reg Schellenberg says he has several goals for his two-year term. He wants the federal government to improve business risk programs and set up a foot-and-mouth vaccine bank. Well, some of the goals that were discussed and the priorities identified at our annual convention, uh, I guess the first one was the establishment of a national foot-and-mouth disease vaccine bank. And the reason for that is the fact that Canada doesn't have anything in, in reserves and in storage in Canada at all. And the majority of it is in the States. And uh, we need to be independent of that supply and have something available for our industry within our own country. And so we've asked the federal government to give it serious consideration and, and have budget funding available for that in 2022. Some of the other uh, business risk management programs, including the mark- Livestock Marketing Insurance Program, We'd like to see that become a permanent program and expand it all the way to the Maritimes across Canada. We've seen the benefits of it in Western Canada, and we've had requests from other provinces to to get it established. And uh, it's definitely something that we feel would be very beneficial for especially the younger producers that are out there. The one key component that CCA, or Canadian Cattlemen's Association, recognizes is this insurance package has to have a cost-shared premium in the same retrospect that our other insurances for forages, grain production, the other commodities are all cost-shared. And the livestock price insurance program is a producer cost only. And that premium is this year, for example, would cost producers in the vicinity of 50 to $55 per head. And for most producers, that's their profit margin. And it's just too, too, too difficult to come up with that money up front. And so we're going to really push hard to see if we can have a national program that is cost-shared. The other thing we're looking for, a more increase in government core funding for research. And obviously, we want to continue to enhance our trade market access. Uh, We've got some trade deals that are doing very, very well. 2021 was another banner year for Canadian beef exports. 
It marks the sixth year in a row of Canada hitting record export values up through to November. Exports were up 37.2%. And this highlights how our long-term investment in market access advocacy has resulted in significant dividends. And with reference to trade agreements, when we have bilateral trade agreements with, for example, the UK, these trade agreements have to benefit both countries. And currently, our agreement with the UK has only benefited them and not our producers in any way. So we have to revisit some of these and either just discontinue or improve them. What changes would you like to see with that deal? Well, I think the biggest barrier we have right now with Canadian called cows is is their uh, assumption that everything has got growth promotants and implants. And they don't understand that when these culled cows come off farms and ranches, they've never had any growth promotants. They produce calves, and when they get when they become barren and don't have calves anymore, we go straight to uh, to grind with them in, in the packing plants. And there's there's absolutely no reason why they should not qualify. And uh, CCA is trying to negotiate having a third party auditor that would be recognized, and we feel through the Verified B Plus program that would be a natural fit. And so we're hoping to gain some traction on that. On another topic, the war in Ukraine, what are your thoughts on it and its impact on world markets? Well, first of all, we, our thoughts and prayers go out to all the people of the Ukraine. It's devastating to see what's going on in that country, and we know it's having a huge toll and an impact on all of their lives. From an international perspective, we also realize that Ukraine produces a lot of grain, a lot of our feed grains, a lot of the barley and wheat, and that's going to have a significant impact going forward into 2022. So. There are some huge concerns. There's a lot of volatility out there, and it's a wait and see. Nobody can predict where this is going to stop, and it's looking like things could be very volatile. And that's another reason why we want business risk management programs to recognize that and give our producers options to lock in some protection when needed. Reg Schellenberg of Beachy is the newly acclaimed president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Soil moisture will be closely evaluated this spring following last year's drought. Les Henry is a former professor and extension specialist at the University of Saskatchewan. Les is well known for his columns in Grain News and producing a stubble soil moisture map that rates conditions in early November. That map had a lot of red, with nearly all the province rated dry or very dry. The only exception was a small area between Moose Jaw and Regina. Since then, northern areas of the Grain Belt have received above-average snowfall, and that should help topsoil moisture recharge. In other areas with less snow, the hope is that moisture from an early snowmelt will sink into the topsoil, and that will be followed by spring rain. Henry says soil moisture probes in April and May will be able to provide valuable information. The big thing is to know as much as you can about the soil moisture, and there's a, been a real revolution in the past about 10 years with the soil moisture probes that they put in and can monitor with their cell phone, but those are just one a quarter section, so that doesn't tell you about the rest, but they're very good. I think they're, they're a very good thing. Henry advises doing soil moisture probes in as many areas as possible. In late April, use the soil probe to find out what you actually do have, and that'll take a lot of probing. It's not a matter of one or two probes. See, when we made the soil moisture map first, we could do it because in the fall of the year after the crop was off, uh, crop had quit using water. Most crops quit using water about end of July. The rain after that's what you get for next year. And we could go out in a quarter section and, and uh, do a probe 
and you could do one probe or 100, you got the same answer because it was mostly system range. So you had the, it, it was uniform across the quarter section. But this isn't like that. It's going to be highly variable. And when you've got an idea of what your soil moisture is, then fertilized yield you might expect to get based on that. Variable rate fertilizer application and seeding is a useful tool in dry years. If you have the capability for, for, for variables uh, and you know that the higher portions are dry, that they didn't benefit because all the snow didn't do much for them because it all blows off. You know, it's bald nose or bald nose. That's why they're bald. The situation at my farm last year is that when it was seeded uh, then and then the hot weather came and, and uh, dried out, some of it in the higher, drier areas germinated and then died. So that brought the plant population back to what it probably should have been in the first place. Henry says his land in the Dundurn area, south of Saskatoon, had three and a quarter inches of rain in 2021, but still managed to produce a 20 bushel an acre wheat crop. He credits the winter snowmelt, much of which fell in a big storm during the second week of November 2020. The whole quarter average 20 bushels of really nice, really nice high quality wheat. And that slew that I used to pump and, and uh, curse that stole, it was 40, 50 bushels in there. I've got a picture, I had it's one of the great, there's a picture shows a, with a tiling spade sticking in it and you can barely see the tiling spade. We did have some rain. In uh, 24th of May, we had rain and that was good enough. Those that seeded later, that's what germinated the canola. So uh, we did have some rain then, and then we did have another shot in June, but you know, there was only three inches in the whole growing season. So I didn't grow 20 bushels of wheat on, on three inches of, of uh, water. The, the big part of the production in that, that country came from what was, uh, what, was in the, what was in the ground. Henry advises to seed early if possible. Of course, the exception will be in areas with lots of snow, which will have to wait longer to get on the field. You can hear more from Les Henry in the latest Wheat Profit podcast produced by the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. An agricultural issue that's not only getting attention inside programs like this, but also in the mainstream, is avian influenza. And uh, here to talk about what some of the impacts are and what's being done to attempt to contain from further spread here in Canada, as two cases have been identified, is Lisa Bishop-Spencer. She is Director of Brand and Communications at the Chicken Farmers of Canada. Lisa, thanks a lot for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. We've got a, an outbreak of avian influenza. Um, g- give us the details on what is happening for, uh, you know, some of our audience are poultry producers and there's some that are not. Um, what, what's, uh, what is happening here? So currently there are uh, two confirmed commercial farms in Ontario where birds have tested positive for avian influenza. That's in addition to some of the cases that we've seen in Nova Scotia and earlier at the end of last year in Newfoundland. And, and, and so I, I guess where are we at? Like, are we, is this a situation right now where we're just trying to contain it to, to these two locations? And I, I guess, well, hope is not a plan, but essentially hope that it doesn't spread any further? 
I think that's effectively the intent. The overall intent for these kinds of things is if it's in, keep it in. If it's out, keep it out. So what we've done is we're working with the Canadian Food Inspection Agency and they've quarantined the farms in question and created a zone around those zones. It's called a control zone. And that means that movement into and out of the affected farms as well as other farms on in, in the neighborhood or in the area uh, is controlled by permit. So folks can't get in without a permit to deliver feed um, and everything. And then the farmers themselves have to uh, ensure that they're taking extra biosecurity measures on the farm as well. So they're doing things like sanitizing tires and wheel wells before uh, a truck can enter the property. And then again, as the, as the property, as, as they leave the property. Um, they're doing other things like they, they always do, which is changing their footwear when they're visiting the premises and making sure that no one gets on that who doesn't need to be there. So are those heightened, are, are those heightened biosecurity measures then? The, the sanitizing of the wheel wells is absolutely a heightened biosecurity measure, but the changing of the foot attire is, is standard practice. It's just something that they're going to be extra diligent about. And, and how does this strain of avian influenza compared to other strains that we've dealt with? So this is actually similar to the strains that we've seen in other areas. This is a, a virus that travels by migratory birds. So when birds, um, Ontario and Nova Scotia and Newfoundland are all within migratory flight patterns. So you've seen a lot of cases of avian influenza in the U.S. and that just progressing north, right? So this is, this is exactly the time of year that we start to, to worry about this and we, we take it very seriously. We have to ensure that we're doing everything we can around this time of year to mitigate any possible spread as much as we can. And what's the impact on the birds that are in, infected? Is it is a case of just uh, like you're just not feeling great, not having a great day, or what what happens? It's very they they get quite ill. So what happens is a farmer will notice increased mortality on on the farm. They'll notice that something's wrong. They'll call their veterinarian. The veterinarian will test and and look at the symptomology of the birds. If that looks like it's it's something serious, they'll take samples, and those samples will be sent to the provincial lab, and then again to the national lab in Winnipeg for confirmation. Once that's confirmed, then what will usually happen is those control zones are set up and that barn will be depopulated. So that's what's happening in these cases. For these two cases, what, what types of poultry have been impacted? Um, CFIA is waiting to identify those. What about impacts potentially to the the supply of of, of product? Um, obviously, you know, for a lot of consumers, they go to the grocery store and it's on the shelf. Is there anything to be concerned about from that regard? Not at this point. Um, we've been mitigating the spread very well. Ontario is really well positioned. They have what's called the Featherboard Command Center. So that's an organization that is made up of representation representatives from the entire value chain, from feed companies to processors to farmers. They have veterinarians and scientists on staff who are there to uh, prevent prevent the um, incursion of a virus. And when it does happen, to ensure that they're doing everything they can to mitigate it in, co in collaboration with CFIA. So everything is being done. Um, so at this point, there's no issue with respect to supply. It's limited to those two commercial farms. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com.
Today increasing cloudiness, wind west 40 gusting to 60, the high plus 7, 30% chance of flurries overnight, the low minus 1. Friday, partly cloudy, wind northwest 40 gusting to 60, the high plus 5 tomorrow, the low minus 10. Saturday, sunny, the high plus 7, 40% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 2. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 7, the low minus 6. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 13, 40% chance of evening showers, the low 0. Tuesday, cloudy, 60% chance of rain showers or flurries, the high 10, the low 0. Wednesday, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries or rain showers, the high 6 degrees. Normal high for this date is 7, the normal low is minus 6. The sun rose at 6.37 this morning, it sets at 7.28 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Coronac at 10 degrees. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids at minus 8. Estevan is 9, Saskatoon 3, Swift Current is plus 1. Weyburn 9 degrees, Yorkton is plus 2. In Regina with cloudy skies, it's plus 7, that's 45 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-southwest at 26. Humidity is 65%, the barometer falling 100.5. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 8 degrees. Winds are from the west, southwest, 54, gusting to 68. Once again, Regina, cloudy and plus 7. That's 45 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A new online company has been formed to supply Saskatchewan consumers with locally produced meat. The president of Meet Meet Go, Callie Lisitsa, says the platform was launched in Regina last fall and expanded to Saskatoon in late January. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Basically, when uh, COVID hit, um, it, the supply chain issues, and much like we're, you know, we've seen uh, as of late, uh, but really when COVID hit, uh, we saw the price at the farm gate really affected there. Um, and so those, you know, in some cases, the grocery store shelves were, were pretty bare at, during some, uh, you know, time frames there. And it just inspired us to kind of, you know, bring our, our thought was, why isn't our, you know, our meat supply chain closer to home? You know, why aren't we really utilizing those local SASC producers and those and across the provinces, right, to really supply our, our local folks with great quality meat? It kind of to essentially have that padding, you know, when these times happen, when these things happen in the world and, and those supply chains break or come close, very close to breaking, at least, you know, why aren't we relying on that local producer more? And so that's what it kind of inspired us or motivated us to start Meet Meet Go. And essentially, yeah, we wanted to find the best of the best, those local producers that really take passion and, um, and are very proud about what they do. Um, and raise quality animals and are good stewards of the land. And um, we've located, we find the best of the best, beef, bison, and pork right now. We're hoping to expand a bit more and offer a, a few more types of meat to folks soon. Um, but for now, we've found some great suppliers, W2 Farms, 
and um, we've got W2 Farms for Beef, and we've got Quill Creek Farms for out in Watson, Sask, and they provide us our bison and our pork. So um, just trying to locate the best of the best, like I said, and, and bring that uh, meat closer to home and go into our urban centers with it. How does someone approach you? How do you get, how many consumers do you have signed up? We have uh, just over 2,000 now, and a lot of those are in Regina and Saskatoon. Uh, we've got some outliers, but um, right now the hubs that we are selling into online um, are folks from uh, right in in Regina, Pilot Butte, and those surrounding communities, White City, um, that we'll deliver same day into. Um, so our product can go same day delivery into Regina and Saskatoon, and we're hoping to add a few more hubs um, every three to four months as we can in different provinces. We're thinking Calgary here will be ready uh, ready for hopefully in the next th- two to three months. Uh, we're waiting on a new processor uh, to open up out there, and hopefully we'll be able to, to uh, serve that hub fairly soon. What's the key benefit for farmers and consumers? Well, I think for the farmer, you know, it's a way to offload, especially those that are really focusing on uh, feeding programs and and quality. You know, uh, it's a way to kind of showcase your your best products really to those local folks that you normally wouldn't go into. Um, You know, instead of sending everything to the big packers, at least, you know, you can offload your really high quality animals and and, uh, products into the urban communities. So, and for those, for the consumers, you know, it's a way to reach the farm gate easier. Um, When we have that online platform that is just a, you know, you pick what you want, there's no subscription model to it. You know, there's a benefit there to being able to pop on whenever you need your your ground beef or if you want to do up some steaks over the weekend. To have that right at your fingertips and know that it can get to you within, you know, if ordered by noon, we'll get it to you same day. Um, And if it's afternoon, we'll get it to you the next day. So I, I think having that that quality product, those uh, those meat proteins right at your uh, fingertips from local instead of searching the shelves for something you, that you aren't quite sure where it came from. How do your prices compare to the, the supermarkets? They're very comparable. Um, for example, our, our steaks, so our ribeyes are generally, we've noticed, uh, and we of course keep a, a close eye on the prices and um, our ribeyes, for example, you know, is a very, very popular steak for folks and uh, a popular grilling item. And we're within a dollar to two dollars usually of uh, very competitive with the grocery store prices. And we do that, of course, we, we, we want it to be affordable. We want it to be very easily accessible to folks in, in our communities. It's not a, you know, we very much value uh, a hundred percent what those local producers do and of course we're you will see just like the stores some fluctuations as the uh, grain prices and things like that for feeding out your animals um, increase then you know it's it's much like the 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 grocery stores um, we like to fluctuate of course we have to fluctuate with that but we like to remain very fair with our pricing as well Kelly Lisitza is the president of Meat Meat Go, a new online local meat supply company for Regina and Saskatoon area consumers. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A new study says Canadians may have thrown away close to $550 million of food at home since September. 
The Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University surveyed 1,500 Canadians from across the country. 63% said they had had to throw away food prematurely at least once in the last six months. Topping the list was produce, followed by dairy, bakery products, and meat. Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Purchase your all-weather windows with installation from Freeze Tallman before April 27th, and you'll save 15%. Grain prices were mixed. Viterra prices canola dropped $1.20 at 10.34.22. Feed wheat fell one cent at 3.78.30. Number one red spring wheat went up 197 at 4.64.79. The rest were all unchanged. Minneapolis May spring wheat rose 11 and three quarter cents at 10.69 and three quarter cents a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. There is uh, zero in Saskatchewan. There hasn't been for many years, and uh, we don't expect any of them. It started late fall with one. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of March the 30th. 1350 in the short, 300 cows and bulls, a total of 1650 for the day. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of March the 30th. 1350 in the short, 300 cows and bulls, a total of 1650 for the day. This cow and bull market has been gaining some strength here the last couple of weeks. The cow market has uh, it's been two cents stronger here yesterday. D1, D2 cows, 92 to 99, sales to 106, 107. D3 cows, 79 to 89. Cows are averaging 91.50. From the Benito area, 1,700-pound cows topped out at 108, and a ring full of cows from Grenfell, 1,750-pound cows at 107. Good bulls, 116 to 126, sales to 129, 130. Bulls are averaging 119. From the Priestville area, 2,550-pound bull topped out at 128.75. On to the pre-sort sale. Strong and active, higher in spots. On the steer side, 425-pound steers, 268. 500-pounders, 264. 570-pound black steers, 246. 640s, at 238. My favorite pen, 710-pound black steers, 213. I like this pen, 800-pound steers at 199. 850-pound red Angus steers, 189. 950s at 181. On the heifer side, 500-pound black heifers, 215. 570s, 207. 640-pound heifers, 193. 710-pound heifers, 182. And 800-pounders at 176. Good sale from start to finish. Last Friday, our bred cow sale sold really well. Some highlights. Bred cows topped out at 24.25, averaging 18.50. Bred heifers topped out at 23.50, and that average was 2,075. Cow-calf pairs topped out at 26.75, averaging 22.40. A job well done. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And the latest pork prices: 225.92 per ckg. Coming up, the resource report. The Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. 4-H Canada says a member from Saskatchewan is among the winners of this year's 4-H Canada Science Fair. The Science Fair was held virtually earlier this month. The finalists will compete in the Canada-wide Science Fair in May. The 4-H Science Fair saw youth from grades 7 to 12 showcase their exhibits. Alexandra O'Connor from ViBank is a winner for her entry, Do Cattle Impact the Canadian Grasslands? After four years, the City of Regina has approved the Energy and Sustainability Framework that outlines a plan to make the city net zero by 2050. 
The plan was originally passed in 2018 by City Council and was co-authored by Ward 3 Councillor Andrew Stevens. Stevens says it's nice to see the framework finally passed, but the work is just getting started. There's going to be many councillors down the road that are going to have to really champion this as well as staff, future mayors. So this is really just the beginning of something. The framework was unanimously passed by a council, outlines a dynamic living plan for the city, including seven big moves to mitigate climate change by reducing emissions, improving energy consumption, and switching to renewable or low-carbon energy sources. On the markets, the TSX is up 25 points to 22,100. The Dow has fallen 166 points to 35,062. Oil has dropped 382 at $104 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down seven one-hundredths of a cent at 80.05 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.